Hello, this is Joe Flair. Welcome to the Joe Flair Show, your monthly music podcast covering the lives of your favorite musicians. I'm so glad you could join us today for another episode. Last month, we talked about Richard Cheese, a lounge singer who does swanky covers of some seriously unexpected songs. This month, my lovely supporting guest and I decided to pick one of the female performers from March's 63rd annual Grammys. We sure did. You might notice we're posting a little late this month, but that's because we originally chose a different artist. We really enjoyed her Grammy performance, but just could not get into the research, so we changed directions. We kept it in the female Grammy vibe, but chose a different artist. Today's artist is pop, but also authentic musically, and she's released some pretty successful music that helped us get through the COVID-19 quarantine. She also has an interesting backstory. Well, let's get to it. Who is she, Joel? This month's featured artist is Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa was born in London in 1995. Her parents were refugees from Kosovo, having left for England in 1992. Raised in a two-sibling household, Dua wasn't the first family member involved in music. Her father was actually part of a Kosovoan rock band. The music bug caught Dua early, as she started singing at just five years old and put on concerts in her home when her parents had guests. The first song she can recall writing was about her mom, which I guess I can relate to, since I'm pretty fond of my own mom. As a nine-year-old, Dua attended singing lessons at the esteemed Sylvia Young Theatre School, a London school specializing in the performing arts. Wait a minute. I feel like I recognize this school name. Have we talked about it on the show? I don't think we have, but you are right to recognize it, Kit. I know how much you love Amy Winehouse. She was a student there, as was Rita Ora. Ah, it's an Amy Winehouse reference. Now that you mention it, I think we should make a note to cover Amy in the future. Of course, Kit. But back to today's artist. In elementary school, Dua started playing the cello, but bullying got in the way of her music, and she ultimately decided to give up. Aside from singing and playing music as a teenager, she also started going to popular concerts to see music in person. Okay, Kit, any guesses of who Dua saw at the first concert she ever went to? Ooh, this is tough. Um, Dua is pretty young, so I'm thinking this is at least 10, 15 years ago, early 2000s-ish. Um, I'm going to go with Katy Perry. Not even close. It was Method Man of the Wu-Tang Clan and Red Man. Whoa, okay. Never would have guessed that. I was surprised too, but it turns out hip-hop was super popular in Kosovo. So most concerts were hip-hop, and Dua said it was a big deal to see American acts there. Dua and her parents had moved to Kosovo after declared dependence, so her concert options were limited and she got into hip-hop eventually becoming a huge 50 Cent fan. Eventually, Dua missed London, 
and realized that her best shot at making it in the music world would happen back in the UK. Kosovo didn't have a huge music scene. While her parents stayed behind in Kosovo, Dua returned to London at age 15 and enrolled at the Sylvia Young School part-time. If you pay attention to pop music, you may know Dua Lipa today as a top-notch female pop artist. But, as in the case with many, many artists, who rise to fame took a while. Dua, whose name means love in Albanian, started out in a very 2000s way, posting covers on her YouTube channel. She knew that to make it in the music business, you needed contacts. She took up a modeling gig, but wasn't really feeling it. Soon, she started looking up producers, meeting with some of them, and calling others. Optimistic, she'd hope she'd make a name for herself soon. Dua's dream came true, and it kicked off with a 2013 job singing on an X Factor commercial. Sorry to interrupt, Joel, and maybe this is going to make me look out of touch, but what is X Factor? As far as I can tell, it's basically the British equivalent of American Idol. Anyway, this job for X Factor was a big deal. Dua sent meetings with a variety of management teams and signed with London-based Tap Management, the group that also manages Lana Del Rey. They were eager to work with her, saying in the Music Business Worldwide article, We've seen artists who might get half a good song out of ten writing sessions. With Dua, one in five or one in four is a banger. She gets results out of other people as well, because her personality is so engaging and she is so charismatic. She definitely has that special something. This talent and Dua's work ethic led to a deal with Warner Brothers in 2014, which altogether is pretty fantastic. Warner Brothers Records had been looking for a female artist, so they began to push Dua Lipa, hoping to make her successful. She did see success in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand in 2016 the same year as her first European tour. When she hit the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States in 2016, she topped at number 72 with her fifth single, Blow Your Mind, Moi. Now, number 72 on the Billboard Hot 100 might not seem that impressive, but considering how many talented musicians there are and how few see any success on the Billboard charts, this actually is quite an achievement. I agree with you, Joel. I guess another way to think about it is if we consider something we are talented at or something we enjoy doing. For instance, I know you make beats and you are excellent at it. If you joined a competition with 99 other people, say at a local fair, and you came in 72nd place, you might not get too excited. But if you were to join an international beat competition, where top musicians in every country of the world were putting their best work in for consideration, and then you found out you were judged to be 72nd best beat, you would be pretty proud. Am I right? Yes, you are, Kit. And if we still haven't convinced you that number 72 on the Billboard chart is a serious accomplishment, it might help to know that Elton John's popular tune, Your Song, 
peaked at number 72 as well. Okay, I know that one. Joel, are you going to sing a little for us? In your dreams, Kit. (laughs) Anyway, Dua Lipa had her big United States breakthrough when she released her self-titled debut album in 2017. Half of the tracks from the album had been released prior to the LP dropping, but Dua apparently had some serious hits to come. The songs IDGAF and New Rules dropped in on the American chart, the latter tune amassing more than 2 billion plays on YouTube, going multi-platinum, gaining 1 billion streams, and even entering the top 10. Okay, I would say that's some serious success. I remember New Rules. There was a time a couple years ago when I couldn't turn on the radio for 15 minutes without hearing it. So that was the one that was like, one, don't pick up the phone. You know he's only calling because he's drunk and alone. It was an anthem, wasn't it? Yeah, female empowerment, getting over the ex-boyfriend. New Rules was Dua's first UK number one, and it hit the top ten in Canada, Australia, and the United States. Her success led to festival performances and quite a few collaborations, including Mark Ronson, Diplo, Calvin Harris, and even Andrea Bocelli. Lipa became the first female artist to be nominated for five Brit Awards, and she went on to win two honorable Grammy Awards, Best New Artist and Best Dance Recording for her collaboration with Silk City on the catchy song Electricity. Things were heating up, but Dua's music was about to get even more electrifying. Don't show up, don't come out, don't start caring about me now. Do those lyrics sound familiar? If you don't know already, the words are from Dua Lipa's 2019 single, Don't Start Now, which was released on Halloween. A Halloween release. Really? There is nothing spooky about that song. I agree. Sorry, this isn't Michael Jackson's thriller, and you won't find lines about vampires and ghosts. Just a fun bit of trivia. Don't Start Now was the lead single off of Dua's early 2020 album, Future Nostalgia. Ben Mawson, Dua's manager, feared that the song was the wrong one to start with. However, old-school female rapper Missy Elliott called the song a vibe. So having such a famous inspiration praise your music, plus having the song go fire on TikTok, I guess it all seemed fitting for Don't Start Now to be Future Nostalgia's big release. Not to mention, the song also came in at the top of some of America's biggest music charts. It was actually her first hit to break the top three on the Billboard Hot 100. When we were researching this, I didn't really think of myself as a Dua Lipa fan, But I really like Don't Start Now. It makes me want to dance. It gets caught in my head almost every time I hear it, which I'm sure doesn't surprise you, Joel. I'm not surprised to hear that you think it's a hit, but I don't have the same musical expertise you do. So why do you think this song flew up the charts? Well, Dua Lipa described her first album as dark pop, and she wanted to make this new LP a little more uplifting. It was her goal to give it a new sound. For anyone who doesn't know, 
Future Nostalgia was released at the start of the COVID-19 quarantine, so I guess it gave people a little something to jam to while in lockdown. Future Nostalgia took strong inspiration from the funk artists do his parents listen to, as well as pop favorites Jamiroquai, Madonna, and Blondie. She had a very different, unique style on this release. While researching for this episode, I saw she wanted a little bit of outcast influence on the album, and you know, I'm here for that. I bet that got your attention, kid. We know some of the influences for the album, but how did it actually come about? Well, Duo was daydreaming one day in Las Vegas, thinking it would be good to release a more upbeat album, when the phrase future nostalgia just popped into her head. She sent those two words off to her manager thinking it would be a good title for her next LP. Apparently, she worked backward from there, coming up with fresh songs that would, in her words, work for a dancer-sized class. Dancer-sized. Okay, this is a flashback. I mean, I know it means dancing for exercise in general, but at my age, hearing the words nostalgia and dancer-sized has me picturing headbands and leg warmers, shiny leotards. Okay, I know links and playlists are your job, Joel, but we need to find a 1980s aerobics video and link it for anyone out there who can't imagine what I'm talking about. Yeah, that dancer size you were talking about was definitely before my time. Find the link and I'll toss it on. As far as future nostalgia, I think this album shows that Dua had a clearer image for the sophomore release than with her debut album. It was a well-thought-out vision, and she was rewarded for it. Despite its success, Future Nostalgia came out at a difficult time. We have been living in pandemic conditions for over a year now, and the album dropped right as coronavirus was kicking off. Dua had to cancel an eight-month tour promoting Future Nostalgia, but she made the best of it by thinking outside the box and putting on a virtual concert called Studio 2054, which focused heavily on the culture of club music. Well, that's a great idea. I'm sure she put a lot of work into the tour, and maybe rather than waste it, why not make an online show? Also, to all the Studio 2054 fans out there, manager Ben Mawson says they plan to continue this online concert style in the future, regardless of what happens with COVID. Believe it or not, Kit, that heads up is going out to a lot of fans. According to Dua Lipa's Instagram, an estimated 5 million plus people showed up to the virtual concert, proving Studio 2054 was an incredible idea, coming at a time when people were craving concerts and live music. It might be easy to sit back and simmer in your success, but the work is never done for Dua Lipa. In the summer of 2020, she released Club Future Nostalgia, a collective remix effort with the American DJ, The Blessed Madonna. This album featured remixes of original Future Nostalgia hits, made with a club vibe that only upped their danceability. Features on the remix album included Madonna, Gwen Stefani, Blackpink, and Missy Elliott, whom Dua was starstruck to work with. In addition to her musical work, 
Dua Lipa is involved in philanthropy. She started the Sunny Hill Foundation in 2016 with her dad. The foundation not only brings diverse artists to Kosovo during a music festival, something Dua wishes existed when she was a teen in Kosovo, but the money raised also supports residents of Kosovo in tough financial situations. Additionally, she has performed in many benefit concerts, fundraisers, and charity events. Dua also likes speaking out on political and social issues and is a strong feminist. As far as 2021, Dua Lipa performed on the 63rd annual Grammys, where future nostalgia had six nominations. At the Virtual Music Awards program, Dua delivered a matchup of Don't Start Now and Levitating, the latter of which featured rapper DaBaby, who was also on the Levitating remix. That song is on our Dua Lipa playlist, linked in the show notes. Also, new music from Dua Lipa appears to be on the way in 2021, and she plans on releasing a B-Sides collection of future nostalgia. I bet her fans are excited. So, quick question. Post Malone had Postmates, and Richard Cheese had Dickheads. What does Dua call her fans? She just calls them loves. Maybe we should make some suggestions for her. The Leapsters? The Leapsters? Joel, that sounds like frogs or a preschool playgroup. I guess since her name means love in Albanian, maybe we should just let her call her fans loves for now. That's probably a good idea, kid. Overall, Dua is an inspiration, especially in the age of the COVID-19 lockdown, when people needed to pick me up. She released Future Nostalgia, and the record became a success. She also thought outside the box, putting on a virtual concert, and continuing to release new music. I expect we will see more of Dua in years to come. Well, that's it for today. Thanks for listening. And I hope you learned a little something about Dua. Join us next month when we talk about a country singer. We've collected Dua's biggest hits on our Spotify playlist for today's show. Be sure to check it out on Spotify under Joe Flair. Also, if you'd like to watch a simple performance from Dua, I've linked her NPR Tiny Desk concert in the show notes. I'm Joe Flair. This is The Joe Flair Show. Bye! I remember new rules. One, don't pick up the phone. You know he's only calling because he's drunk and alone. Ooh, maybe we should edit my singing out. (laughs) (laughs) Female empowerment. No, I did that part already. (laughs) I was jumping in. Yeah, that dancer size you are talking about. Okay, hold on. You sounded like a robot. Yeah, that dancer size you are talking about. Richard Cheese had dickheads. What does Dua call her fans? (laughs) 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 Should I try that again? Richard Cheese has dickheads. (laughs) Those are good tips from a producer. Cleanse the palate, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too. That's it. We got that done in one hour. Go us.
This podcast is an Elf Pie production.